Spring training is fully underway. That means position battles are heating up across the league. Today we go over some of the more intriguing ones and our thoughts on the players involved. Let's go! What is up everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host Luke Manderfeld. Spring training is fully underway, as I said in the intro, so we've got a lot to go over in terms of what's going on and what some players are watching out for, and with me to break it all down is the Notorious Stitches panel, starting with my guy, Robert Stangler. Robert, how's it going, man? Man, leading off for like, what, two weeks in a row now? No, I think it's just two weeks, yeah. Yeah, Don't get too big ahead. Yeah, well, this is where I feel comfortable, and today I feel comfortable talking about a lot of players and a lot of battles going on, and you gotta, you gotta stick around for this one, guys, because this is gonna be a good episode for you viewers out there, you listeners. Especially I say. for it's not just fantasy, but if you are a fantasy guy, this is uh this is a gal yeah, guys got, guys and talk. gals. We got a lot of sleepers, <laughs> more sleepers here. All right, <laughs> Roberts here and Noah Manerfeld's here. Noah, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. Um, fantasy you say is that every week, dude. <laughs> he does. He just always hey, going guy, well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting fantasy up and going, so i got a couple weeks to do that. It's getting a lot of fun, so I'm enjoying I it. i got all of my American League players evaluated. It's probably the earliest I've ever gotten my I'm research proud of you. done. Yeah, so you beat me. i got a lot That's of time for wild. strategy. Yeah, AL's all done. NL, I just kind of wing it because it's not as big of a league. I just like like Robert says, bucks. just go for players you like. Yeah, Exactly. Pretty In much. our AL-only league, I just I go hard on the studying. So Robert and I have been debating some players already today. Yeah, we're in secrets. <laughs> we got all the secrets. secrets. Yep, all the sleepers. You guys don't even get them, not even our listeners. You guys got a taste of them last week. Exactly. I would we'll, say so. We'll snip it. Tasty freeze. All right, and Nick Budig is just being patient, yeah. waiting his turn. Waiting for my Welcome, opportunity Nick. to speak up. How's it going, Luke? Just like the Rays, your favorite team. <laughs> they are. They're going to win it all this year. Just got to pay attention to our podcast. Yeah. You, know what, Nick? <laughs> you know what, Nick? Thanks for asking how I'm doing. I feel like I'm we never right. do that to you, Luke. Yeah, we never give you a all shot. Right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Reflective. Know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> just, just appreciate it. <laughs> Luke needs spotlight, too, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I don't get my name said like the first sentence of every episode. Actually, I do. That's the point. All right. Um, okay, we got a lot to go over, so enough fooling around. Uh, just reminder, we're on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to us, download, subscribe, share with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to be featured on a future show, you can send your questions to Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com you can like us on facebook or follow us on twitter at stitches pod that's at stitches pod um all right name game we'll get into some position battles here uh, i do want to throw out that we are doing our um our season preview episode in just a few weeks here and i did not ask you guys before the show if we want to do it in two weeks or three weeks i'm leaning towards three weeks but i guess we can decide that later but um, three weeks would be like just a few days before the regular season, so I, that's my vote. You guys agree? I vote, yeah. Yeah, I vote right. yes too. All right, three weeks. Three we'll weeks. You're we'll getting see. your season preview episode <laughs> live on air. You see how we make our plans. Um, so that's a really fun one where we go over all of our predictions. Nick already dropped one of his. He had the Rays winning the World Series last year, so 
Uh, it's not really a big surprise if he hasn't won I'll a game. I'll double up. I'm not scared. Robert loves the White Sox. I'm whoa, gonna... whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, so if, if, if you haven't picked, <laughs> if, you haven't picked if you haven't picked up that, if you haven't picked up that Robert's a big White Sox fan this year, then uh, you haven't been listening closely enough. So lots of stuff will be dropping. We'll be explaining all of it on that season preview episode coming up in just a few weeks. All right, name game for you guys today. And Robert, since you got the the courtesy of getting two weeks lead off, you have to go first on this one. Oh, man. Um, and for some people who don't know what our name game is, it is I throw out a baseball player, uh, fake or real, and the panel has to guess if it is indeed a real or fake baseball player. So this week, Narciso Crook. Wait, what? Narciso Crook. Hmm. Hmm. Robert, you hmm. started off. Narciso Crook, real baseball player or nah? Hmm. Well, we were talking about a player's name that's very close <laughs> to us just before the podcast began. Was it though? So, <laughs> this is very skeptical. I'm gonna say no. Maybe the only uh, other Honduran player, like no. Mauricio Dubon, will go over I'm, in a little bit. I'm saying no. I'm All staying right. with it. Nick, or no. You know, I had that exact same thought. That maybe maybe Luke was just super late on the name game and just thought of this two seconds before we did it. Um, but I can't agree with Robert, so I'm going to go with yes. Oh, my. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Noah, you one more time off. for me, Luke. Can I get, a, get it in a sentence? Narciso Crook. No, I'm not going to say in a sentence. That's never been a thing. This isn't a spelling bee, dude. This isn't a script spelling bee. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Where's the I'm nation say, of origin? Where is I'm going to say when when you were looking up the pronunciation of the name that we were talking about beforehand, you found this name. So yes. Ooh. Okay. So so we're saying Luke's Nick late. and Noah say yes. Robert says no. No. I didn't Robert's even think of that. Island. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! I didn't even think of that last part. Oh wow. <laughs> Your justification is just as good as that. Let's be honest. It could be any number of these things, and yeah, then something the completely different right, from so. that. Yeah. Oh my. I, my there is <laughs> no method to my madness. I there is. It just happens. There has to be something. We'll find so, it out. That baseball perspectives <laughs> book that I read has a lot of good minor league names. Just warning you. There's a lot of good names. I have a I have a chock full of them. Okay. I think I don't read them. Pick up a copy of that for next year. Yeah, it's like twenty five <laughs> bucks. So. That's fine. Twenty five dollars just time. to get the name game right. You got good projections. It matters. Okay. Speaking of projections, we got to do projections for position battles. That was clear. Another good segue from Luke there. Um, Okay. I'm going to do – so we each got two position battles uh, that we're watching in spring training, and I'm going to start with my first one, and we'll just kind of go down the list. And then like we did last week, we'll do the first one a lot. We'll talk about the lot – we'll talk about the first one a lot, and then the second one we'll kind of just do like a sentence or two on each. Um, so my first position battle, um, sticking with the Astros, if you were with me last week, at the team I'm watching big time. That fifth starter spot was the one I talked about last week. This week, I'm looking out for Kyle Tucker versus Josh Reddick for that right field spot. And just to kind of break it down, it's kind of the, the crusty veteran versus the hyped newcomer. Kyle Tucker's been kind of stuck in AAA for a few years now. He's got really nothing left to prove down there. Uh, last year, he put up a monster season. Um, let's see here. Get his full stats here. I think he was 30-30. Yeah, 30, 34 home runs, 30 stolen bases, um, hit 266. Um, so nothing left really to prove in AAA. And so it looks like he might be with the big club this year. But in right field, you've got Josh Reddick, who's been there for a long time. But his stats have been going down for a while. Um, and his feeling isn't the, how it used to or what it used to be. Um, so that kind of leads to an intriguing matchup. Obviously, I'm partial to the young gun and Kyle Tucker. 
I'd love to see him come up, like I said, a potential 30 for 30-30 guy in the majors. It'd be really fun to see if he gets a shot. Um, the one thing with him is he strikes out a lot, and that's uh, really what's negated kind of his his potential. And and kind of out of the gates here, we're doing this on a Monday night. Uh, Kyle Tucker's 0 for 12, so mm, doesn't even have good. a hit in spring yet. And I think for him to get the starting job, he would have had to kind of come out of the gates pretty quickly. Um, but I'm still watching this one because you never know. Josh Reddick is not the best, and uh, Kyle Tucker maybe doesn't get the job opening day, but something to watch out for. Uh, Robert, what do you think about this battle in right field for the Astros? I like Kyle Tucker, too. Uh, you and I have talked about this the last like week and a half before you know spring training began, and we were talking about, well, are the Astros seeing something we're not? Because this guy went 30-30 in the minors. You would think that this guy would get a legit shot this yeah. year. Because Reddick showed nothing last year. I mean, his defense was subpar. He doesn't have the same arm anymore like he did with Oakland. I mean, that the athletics that is. And I just, I mean, it's just amazing to think that a player with this caliber that Kyle Tucker has is not a starting right fielder for the Astros because this is a team that's going to win. And Reddick, to me, is just like a guy who should be on the Baltimore Orioles, like on a rebuilding team. Yeah, and if uh, Kyle Tucker did get kind of a starting role at the end of the year last year in September, I mean, he didn't have like one spot. He kind of bounced around the outfield. But, I mean, 269 batting average, four home runs, five stolen bases, didn't get caught stealing once. Um, he did have the strikeout, 20 strikeouts in 72 plate appearances. Um, and I really think that's what's holding him back is the strikeouts. I think if you guys remember the Astros when they had like Chris Carter, like they literally went all in oh, with wow. strikeouts. They don't really yeah. do that much anymore. I mean, they have a yeah, lot of guys who don't strike out very much. I wonder if that's just like an organizational mindset. Uh, Noah, Nick, anything to add on Reddick Tucker, what you're seeing? I mean, Tucker, I think his average will come with time because last year he really struggled with his average, especially in the minor leagues. He had some streaky moments. Um, I would like to see Tucker get in, but I think Reddick, and we talk about clubhouse guy, I think Josh Reddick is a clubhouse guy. I think he's really big for that culture and I think they like when he's playing and also I mean his bat wasn't terrible last year I mean he doesn't strike out at all mm -hmm. like you said he hit 275 last year he's I mean his defense is is questionable but I think they prefer the veteran bat over Kyle Tucker but I do think Kyle Tucker is the future and he just needs to get some opportunities to prove himself I don't know if it's going to come with the Astros like yeah. like Robert was saying like this this team just doesn't seem to like him for whatever reason I mean, Josh Reddick's OPS plus last year is 89, so he's below replacement level at the plate, and we know his defense yeah. isn't the same. So, like, there's something there. Either the Astros don't like him or they're seeing we're not. Nick, what do you think on Kyle Tucker? I know you're the prospect guy here. Yeah, I mean, from the talks, I mean, the Astros were already thinking about trading Reddick in this this offseason um, just because I, th I do think they do like Tucker a lot, but they're paying Reddick $13 million, um, and so – I think they, they're just kind of using that as a reason to start him. And you, we have talked about how he's kind of declining. His, his power has declined. His base on balls has declined. He's kind of just turned into kind of a, a slap hitter. But it, it is really interesting that they haven't called him up. And granted, the Astros don't call up prospects very generally now with how deep they are. I mean, Alvarez is really kind of a, an outlier for that, and he produced at an amazing level. So I think Tucker, he, he, does, he will be coming up soon, obviously with the numbers he put up. I mean, you can talk about George Springer a couple of years ago when he had put up that 30-30 year, um, and it took them took him a while to get called up. So I think Tucker, they're just kind of waiting out to see what Reddick does. Maybe they'll trade him. Maybe they'll keep him. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tucker in, in the in the in on the team this season. But yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think it's Reddick's, Reddick's turn to yeah. 
to keep it going until he yeah. really and especially with off. the way Kyle Tucker has started spring going 0 for 12 that hurts big time because I think I read a quote from Dusty Baker that said if this kid you know starts off the gates hot it's hard to not start him and I think that's really what he needed to do and he just hasn't he's only has one yeah. strikeout so it's not like mm-hmm. he's it's like the big strikeout it's just not making hard contact it looks like I'm, I, I, I'm gonna be honest I haven't watched a lot of the games but also I Miles Straw could... has been really good too which is yeah. another candidate in the open. yeah I don't. Yeah, he'll. I mean, he he's, he's definitely going to be utility though. Like he's a Kyle, he's, he's Kyle a better Tucker Frank would start. Or yeah, I think I mean. Miles Miles Straw will be a because he can play infield too. He's a shortstop mm-hmm. too, so I think he'll be more of a super utility. If Tucker makes a team, he's either starting or I don't know. If he doesn't start, it's just weird to put a guy like that on the bench, right? Yeah, you, you I don't. don't know. Yeah, you put him in the you minor they would send, They'd probably send him down. Yeah, yeah. give him some playing time. But then you then you risk with messing with his head and stuff. I mean, I I think this is one of those things where Reddick gets hurt. Tucker comes up and has to prove mm-hmm. that he needs the job because I don't think they're going to take Reddick off yeah. of that starting job. No. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's one we're watching out for. It may already be settled if with Kyle Tucker's bad performance, but uh, there's still some games to be played. All right, Robert, give us your first uh, your first spring training battle you're looking out for. So mine is for the San Francisco Giants. You got a second base battle between Mauricio Dubon and Wilmer Flores, who actually had a really solid year last year with the Diamondbacks. He got on base at a high on-base percentage, about 370, and his average was very good as well. He's saw, I mean, Wilmer Flores has always been a very underrated player. Hasn't had the playing time when he's with the New York Mets. I think Noah knows what I'm talking about. Noah used mm-hmm. to really like Wilmer Flores. And this is a guy that is still just 27 going into his 28th season, where he's still in his prime, still has a lot left to prove. He's not in a home run ballpark, so his power is not going to be there. But the thing is, he can hit into those gaps because it's such a big field. And I don't remember the new name they called this stadium now because it's not AT&T Park anymore. Oh, Oracle so Park. Oracle Park. There it is. I'm not used to saying that. Oracle yeah, Park. I had to think about is, it. <laughs> exactly. So Oracle Park is not a homer-friendly ballpark. And that's okay because Wilmer Flores is not that type of a player. But he definitely hits the lines. He's a good line drive hitter. But the thing is... Guys, they went out and got Mauricio Dubon, a big prospect, a very underrated big prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers, who actually has a great story. He's going to be the third player, if we, if I'm not mistaken, second or third player to come out of Honduras, the country of Honduras, which does not have a lot of talent in Major League Baseball. So it's a very interesting story to follow. But the kid has very high upside. He's a lankier, shorter guy. But he has a long swing that generates a lot of power to both sides of the field, inside and out. And I think this guy has a legit shot. He's only 25, so they could send him back down. And that's why I think Wilmer Flores could give, you know, an opportunity for him to be the starting second baseman. But Dubon is right in the wakes. And I think this is one of those very underrated position battles people should be really talking about. And I'm looking at uh, Dubon. Dubon wasn't, like, a huge prospect. He's kind of one of those, like, sleeper prospects that kind of broke out last year in the in triple a i mean he had 20 home runs 302 batting average 10 stolen bases uh he's always had the the bags but the home well, runs think, came last year i think he got hurt two years ago too he had some kind of well like i'm just looking at his home run well. totals he never had double right, digit right, right, home right. run totals before no. ni- 2019 and right so i mean this is a guy who was drafted when he was 18 or signed when he was 18 and so he's had a long development curve and he's just kind of coming into his own i think Robert, you know, I'm a big Dubon fan. I picked him up mm-hmm. in our fantasy baseball league last year. I think he's really solid. 
Um, I would love to see him get the job, but we you never know because Flores is also kind of one of those intriguing guys. Mm-hmm. Noah, you're you're the yeah. Wilmer Flores guy, or at least you used to be. You still think yeah, he I should mean, uh, be there? Flores still has the stats to back it up with what he does. You know, I mean, he's he's only 28. I mean, he it feels like he's you know 31 by this point, um, and he's just never been given playing time. And I know his splits have been weird, but he's figured out his splits over time. He's had an mm-hmm. injury last year, otherwise he would have played more. So I think. Flores is still there. That being said, Dubon is intriguing. And for a Giants team that's rebuilding, Dubon's a guy that you kind of want to give playing time. So I think this is something that, similar to Reddick and Tucker, I think this is more likely to come out with Flores gonna, is going to play early on, and then Dubon will come in and they'll, they'll experiment with him, and then they'll, uh, Dubon will eventually get the role. That's eventually what he's going to get because I think they want to give Dubon some time. I think he's intriguing, but I do think Flores still has untapped potential there that could be useful for a team like the Giants. Mm-hmm. One thing about Dubon is that he doesn't get on base that no. that well. I mean, he doesn't walk. He makes a lot of contact. It's not like he strikes out a lot. He just he just doesn't get on base a lot. It's kind of like a Tim Anderson type. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a contact is, rate, though. Yeah, he's got although, a good contact although, rate. Although the Giants' way hasn't really been the huge on-base percentage over the years. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying know, that's so. one thing where it's like right. if he was going to make a team, he'd be hitting probably like eighth. Agreed. Um, just because yeah. there's no – but I, I was going to bring up the to you, Nick. Do you think – Brandon Crawford might be the odd man out here. I mean, there is shortstop. There is a chance. I think with how where the Giants are going right now, and their with their team, it looks like Crawford might be transitioning out. The thing with Wilmer Flores is that he can play multiple positions. And talking about Dubon, he did play center. Has played center field in the spring so far, so that might be something to look at. Ooh. Maybe he doesn't even play second base with Wilmer Flores, but I think Crawford might be might be nearing his even his tenure with the with the with the Giants. We have all know how how good of a fielder he is. Um, the bat kind of has been come and go with him, but uh, I think for me, touching on Dubon, I think you, I know you guys are super high on him. For me, I'm not as high on Dubon. I think he was high in the Brewers organization just because they don't have a ton of prospects in that organization. Uh, we talked about the 20 home runs last year. I think that's pretty on par with what everyone else did. We can look at all his other home run numbers. I do think he is a speedy guy and a good stick, but I'm not as high on him. I think it is Wilmer Flores' position at second. It'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting in general to see if Dubon, maybe he does play more outfield than, than infield, but it will be interesting to see what that, that middle yeah. infield does look like with Crawford. Yeah. But, what does the Giants' outfield look like? It's not super deep. No. 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 So, because um, they lost Kevin Pillar. No, yeah, I mean, right they, now they have Yastrzemski, Duggar, good. and then... Mm-hmm. Dickerson, oh, yeah. Alex Dickerson. So mm-hmm. there's room Hunter for Pence Hunter Pence signed too. and Hunter Pence mm-hmm. got signed too. Yeah, yeah. I, w- there's room I will for say playing time. Yeah, I will say this too. Dubon, um, if you're talking about impact prospects in the magazine that I have, he's listed as the number five impact prospect for 2020 in fantasy baseball. <laughs> there's I mean, a lot of well, good he, prospects. But what I'm saying is he's, he's in that conversation for guys who could have a who could come up like he. he it's it's not like he's completely out of nowhere um, to start. I think there is a chance mm-hmm. that he could play is and he have still some a success. Prospect? I don't just, know. If... Yeah, just go yeah, watch sure him in spring, and you'll see that this guy is a little bit better than what people are thinking. Like they think he's an average player. I think he's a much better than an average player, but I don't think he's elite. I just think this is a guy like Nick. I don't think I'm that high on him. 
But I think this is definitely a nice player to have for the Giants mm. who are in a rebuild mode. Yeah. And they got to get some value out of someone like this. This is yeah. a solid find. They got him for Drew Pomerantz, too, who was one of the best relievers yeah. last year in baseball. He had 106 at-bats at the Major League level last year. So does that make him a prospect? I don't even know what the rules are. No, he had, uh, it's 120. So he had 111 plate appearances, and it's 120 paid to plate appearances. Oh, so, so he's, he's just under that. So he's still technically yeah. a rookie. He's still a prospect. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Okay, moving on. Nick, give us your position battle. My position battle is the who is going to be the new Josh Donaldson in Atlanta between Austin Riley and <laughs> Johan Camargo. Um, wow, that sounds like Josh Donaldson right there. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting because uh, Austin Riley we talk is another prospect we kind of talking about. He is the one of the one of their bigger position prospects for the Braves who are absolutely loaded. Um, he's got a big power bat. He's a he's a pretty solid fielder. He did play a lot of left field last year with Josh Donaldson, but obviously with the addition of Ozuna, he's probably not going to play a lot of left field. Um, on the other side, Hohan Carmargo, uh, he had, had had a really good couple seasons two years ago, had a high average, um, never really been a power guy. Last year, he really struggled. Um, but again, he played really anywhere on the infield and for the outfield positions. So it really comes down to if the if the Braves are willing to try and work, I mean, adjust to Austin Riley's terrible strikeout percentage he had last year because his splits when uh, his first 43 games, he had 273 with 14 home runs with a 908 RP- OPS. In his last 37 games, he had four home runs, uh, hit 156 and a 513 OPS. So huge drop off at the second half of his, his season with some injuries in there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if Austin Riley is given a chance to play with that strikeout or they send him down because Brian Snicker says, one of these guys is going to start, the other one's going to be in AAA. So are they going to put Austin Riley in AAA, or are they going to put Carmago in AAA, even though he's kind of the veteran in this bunch? Um, and Austin Riley looks like the future of this team. I like I Carmago has been pretty solid, but nothing like uh-huh. super crazy. Austin Riley's got the higher upside, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, Robert, sure. what do you what do you think about this Braves third base? battle um well personally i do think that riley does need a lot more help on swinging at off speed and laying off Mm -hmm. and knowing when to that's his problem the slider is a huge problem to him last year and actually two years ago i thought camargo was one of the more intriguing players on the waiver wire as he really put out some decent numbers he has a rocket of an arm i Mm -hmm. think he's more known for his defense yeah he's an absolute hose if i had to name five third basemen that have really strong arms that like would start on opening day if he gets the chance he might be like number five for me he is an absolute hose but I, I think his defense plays better than his bat that's not to say that he can't hit like 270 or 280 but the home runs if he gets enough plate appearances something no one would probably mention too is 15 home runs is most likely whereas austin riley's ceiling is 25 to 30 if he's right if he's all there the mm-hmm. whole package is there but his defense will never be like Camargo. So you're trading off power and a bat versus really good defense and a rocket arm. I mean, Riley's that's a good point, good Robert. Defense, because, though. well, think of, that's a good point, Robert. Because think Donaldson's defense was plus there, plus mm-hmm. plus. Yep. So yep. I think that's a big consideration there. And Nick, you say Riley's defense not too bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I didn't like it personally. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> a fan of him last year. Noah, anything else to say on this Braves battle before we move on to yours? Austin Riley's got to adjust to pitching. I mean, pitches adjust to him. He had a terrible yeah, second I, half. Agreed. So mm-hmm. we, we've kind of said that. I mean, so if he, I think this this is his job to win. If he doesn't win it, then they'll put Camargo there. He's just the fallback option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has Austin Riley been playing a lot in spring? Yeah, he's kind of uh, he's, he's right split he's time a little bit. 13 at bats. He's he's got four hits. Four hits. He's only he's struck out once, I think. Yeah. All Not singles. Too bad. Carmargo All singles, yeah. has the home run. 
But is he hitting sliders? <laughs> yeah, that's key. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Let's I go know, to the tape no, right now. Know, Everyone know, wait till Robert watches exactly. the tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Noah, give us your uh, position battle. My big position battle is one that I'm sure a lot of people here are interested in is the Twins' fifth pitcher. I mean, this is a just think of this. Like, two months ago, we were thinking, who's going to be in this rotation? It's going to be, you know, a bunch of rookies. And now we could be looking at a rotation that's a bunch of veterans. Right now it's Julius Chassin, who's fighting for that fifth spot, um, Randy Dobnik, uh, Devin Smeltzer, and then Lewis Thorpe. Those are the four guys fighting for that fifth spot. And um, otherwise, Homer Bailey's basically locked in all the other guys. So, I mean, I think it's really interesting when you look at these guys. I know the Twins really like Lewis Thorpe's upside. They think that this guy could be a, a starter in the rotation in the future. So I think they want him to prove that he can get this spot. But also... Chassin's on a minor league contract. I think the Twins would prefer the cheap option of having Chassin prove that he can stay with that minor league uh, contract and come in similar to what Martin Perez did last year. And then they have three rookies in AAA who can all come up when needed when they need starts. Um, but this is really interesting because, again, I mean, I, I've been calling for a guy like Chassin. The Twins should get him on a minor league contract, and they finally did. But I still almost kind of want to see Lewis Thorpe start just to see what he would do in the major league level. And we're talking about just two years removed for Shashin from a really, really good season. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. two really good seasons in a row with the Padres and Brewers, where he had 180 innings in 2017, 192 innings in 2018, and both under a 3.89 ERA in 2017, a 3.5 ERA in 2018. And that's, So we're not too far from, removed from that. And this is still a solid pitcher who's coming off a really, really bad year last year. So um, there's, there might He's be some project. magics there. Yeah, he's their project. He's like mm-hmm. what the Rangers have been doing. Although his spring is not very good right now, so <laughs> no, no. But spring for pitchers, I feel like is is it's more a about working fluky. on things. I think yeah. Devin Smeltzer threw like fifty percent sliders in his last start. So yeah, mm-hmm. spring can be a little fluky. But That's you good. think for guys like Shasin, he'd want to be performing because he's battling for a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, have you watched any these mm-hmm. Twins uh, games this year? And if so, what pitcher stands out to you in this battle between Shasin? Thorpe, Dobnik, and Smeltzer. Well, I didn't get a chance to see Smeltzer yet this year. I kind of heard by Eli his control was a little off today, it sounded like, which not does not really surprise me as control is an issue for him. But I think his slider does play, and Noah mentioned he threw about 50% of them. That's probably his best pitch, especially with the arm slot he has, that kind of that funky angle where he throws the ball and he hides it very well. But I don't think that's good enough to say he's going to be a starter. I think he's more likely to go one in the pen, as that's a Me better too. role for him. As but, a lefty, too. But to think that he couldn't be that fifth starter is not unrealistic. It's just not probable when you have so many options that they went out and got, like Shasin. Mm-hmm. They have Dobnik. You know, they have, obviously, Homer Bailey is probably a lock, but I still look at him as a fifth starter. You know, like, things like that, if he can stay healthy. Um, I, w- I would say Minnesota's definitely got a lot more depth this time around, but I really do like those two prospects that Noah didn't mention their names, and I won't mention them either But because I'll say that for another time. But they have some really, really good young arms, and yes, I know it's hard that Bruzar Grotterell left, but those two arms in their minor league system will not disappoint. I expect about, those guys to be big. about Duran and Blazevac? Yes, I am yeah. talking about yeah. Duran and Blazevac, or yep. however you say yep. it, right. something yeah. like Durant's, that. yeah. I think those two arms, whether they're starters or not, are going to find a huge role for the Minnesota Twins, if not late this year, in 2021 for sure. And they're going to be huge because when they lose all that pitching, 
this is going to be the big thing. This is the keystone, the cornerstone of how they're going to be successful in that pitching area because they're not going to be relying on old scrubs. <laughs> well, this fifth spot won't even matter really in a month and a half when Michael yeah. Pineda comes back. Exactly. It's but, temporary. And I'm sure there's some spots where they can skip starts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there's still going to be about three to five starts in there for these guys, so those are crucial. When you're fighting for a division title against Which, the AL Central, it should be better this year. Mm-hmm. Who knows with their depth, why won't they just go to a six-man rotation to give some break to Jose Barrios, who they need? Like That's a possibility. That is definitely yeah. a possibility. Nick, anything to add on the Twins' fifth starter battle? Um, I, I just like to point out there is someone brought up that Randy Dobnik. I mean, I think feel for me, it seems like he would be the, be the one option since they gave him that postseason start last year. And obviously that's a lot of trust in a pitcher, and he did perform pretty well in the season outside of that start. Um, but you do bring up the Chassin where a lot of people are talking about last year and how terrible it was. Um, but you, but he, two or three years ago, he was a very good starting pitcher and performed very well, a veteran pitcher, um, a non-roster invite, so he will have to probably show up and show out. Um, but I do think there there is going to be a lot of skip starts, a lot of extended starts for a lot of these pitchers. Um, talking about Jose Barrios might get some skips just because we we talked about previously how it seems like every year he wears down at the end of the season. So I think six-man rotation is just giving – all these guys a chance we wait for big mike to come back is uh might be the ideal scenario for the twins all right those are our number one position battles now very well not very quickly but let's quickly go through our second positional battle since we are uh getting closer to that 30 minute mark for our timing here um for me my first positional bat or my second positional battle for spring training is uh my cardinals dylan carlson versus tyler o'neill lane thomas and other outfielders in the mix um, I kind of put in parentheses here. Really, it's against the Cardinals and stupid service time rules because it really is. I mean, Dylan Carlson is already major leaguer right now, and you can you don't even need uh, his minors numbers to look at that. Look at his spring training numbers right now. 18 plate appearances. Uh, he's hitting 500, seven hits, two doubles, a triple, and four walks. No, uh, three strikeouts. Uh, this dude is studly. Uh, I am so excited to watch him pit play. He's got 20-20 potential, 30-20 potential, if I must say so, and he could hit near 300. Um, I think this guy is going to be a stud. It's just a matter of will the Cardinals actually have him start opening day in the outfield or will they give it to Tyler O'Neill until that service time thing is up in two weeks. Um, but he will definitely be a key figure in the Cardinals outfield in 2020. All right, Dylan Carlson for me. Robert, what's your second positional battle? Stick with the Cardinals. I'm gonna, I am. I'm going to stick with the Cardinals here. I'm going to go with their closer. I don't know if it's going to be Andrew Miller, the great Giovanni Gallegos who came onto the scene last year, or if Ryan Hazley is going to take – or is it Hazley or Helsley? Helsley. 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 The Ryan Helsley who throws, what do they say, 100 miles an hour? Yeah, he throws, he's kind of like a John Hicks day. light. Or, yeah. yeah, Jordan yeah. Hicks. Jordan yeah, on, Hicks, a, on, a good yep. day, on a good day he throws really hard. So it's a very uh, interesting question here because Carlos Martinez was pretty good last year despite the postseason woes, which you can say what you want, but he did face the Braves, and the Braves had an incredible lineup. Okay, But I will say this, that no matter who wins this job, it's going to be Jordan Hicks at the end of the year, no matter what, if he's healthy. If he's this is his spot. Yeah. This is his spot to lose, basically. So it's only temporary no matter who wins it. But it's definitely a good battle, and for me... I don't even know who the favorite is. Yes, I do think Helsley probably has a little one-up here, but Gallegos, to me, sounds more like a closer, and Helsley actually sounds like the Josh Hader type because he throws so hard and has good stuff. That's just yeah. my thing. I, I look well, at Jordan him Hicks, as an Archie Bradley. 
just That's a couple things here. Jordan Hicks probably won't be back by the end of the season. And if he is, it'll be just like September innings. Because he had Tommy John, I think mm-hmm. it was like June, July last year. And okay. since he's so young, I'm sure they're going to take him along pretty slowly. Um, Carlos Martinez is going to get the shot in the rotation to start the year. So I don't think he'll be a bullpen guy. I th- they're gonna. They're, it sounds like they have every intention of stretching him out as a starter until um, that changes. So that leaves Miller, Gallegos, and Helsley. And I think you're right. I think it is between Gallegos and Hels- Helsley at this point. I would, pref- as a Cardinals fan, I'd prefer Helsley because I think he's got more closer stuff with the 100 mile an hour fastball. And I like Gallegos in that swingman role because he was really good in that hater type role last year. I mean, he put out a lot of fires. And I say, why fix what's not broken? So put you're right. Put Helsley in the ninth inning. That's my choice. But I wouldn't be upset with Gallegos. I just think he's already shown that he can succeed in that type of hater-like role, so I'd like to see him there again. But there's a lot of good options here. They're all very good relievers. Andrew Miller also is is dealing with a weird thing with his... Apparently he's not feeling his pitch as well, which is kind of Mm. scary. That That is scary. Could be like a nerve issue. That would be very bad if he has like numbness in his hands. Um, That's like career-ending stuff. So hopefully that's not super terrible. It's just something with minor. I don't know. Um, But good point, Roberts. Um, I think we are going to see a good closer battle there. It's a clo- it's a good closer battle because the Cardinals are going to play a lot of close games this year. All right, Nick, give us your second positional battle. Uh, mine is going to be the Brewers' fifth spot in the rotation. It's between Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, and a little bit of Corbin Burns, even though he's kind of hasn't really been mentioned by Craig Council as being in that spot. Um, really, what you get kind of all these guys are really young. Even Corbin Burns is the oldest, but still the Brewers seem like they had the most potential with him. Uh, Freddie Peralta kind of is this he's a 23 year old but everyone kind of sees him still as a uh, project pitcher he was he's been absolutely lights out at times especially out of the bullpen he has some super electric stuff um, and the the Brewers really like him they just extended him for five years uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they just just decide to leave him in the bullpen as an extended uh, reliever or they do give him another chance in the rotation where he's been very up and down like I said he's been lights out at times and just then sometimes just can't control his fastball. Um, and then Eric Lauer is kind of the really the other main guy in the loop. He came over in the, the trade with the Padres. He's still a young guy, only 24 years old, but still has, has had some experience in the majors, has two full seasons underneath his belt. Um, you kind of get what you're going to get, and we've seen that from him. He's a, kind of, he's a, sub, he's a mid-four ERA kind of guy. Uh, will get strikeouts, can, can get some heat behind his fastball. For the most part, he's just kind of a, a fifth spot, five innings guy. Uh, so it would be interesting to see if they, like I said, Peralta going to the bullpen and Lauer getting the, the that fifth spot, which it seems like it will be going that way just the way these two players roll out. Um, Lauer never really has been out of the bullpen where Peralta has, and like I said, Peralta has been great out of it. And so that's what it seems like it's going to be. And then for Corbin Burns, like I said, he seems like he's going to be the their, their favorite potential guy. Everyone sees him as a top three rotation uh, pitcher. He has some exciting stuff has an amazing fastball and amazing curveball his his problem especially last year was control of that fastball he missed in the zone a lot and really got burned for that i think he had like 40 earned runs in 41 innings last year at a point and uh compared to his his uh previous year when he was coming out of the bullpen again just like peralta he was lights out um so this guy burns seems like he's going to be the one that goes back down to the minors and get some work on um and hopefully they can bring him up to be that top three of the rotation kind of pitcher that you're seeing him. Um, but like I said, Lauer really seems like he's going to get that that uh, fifth spot just the way they're 
Peralta and Lauer's careers have kind of rolled out. Uh, maybe a Freddie will get some chances, but I definitely see Eric Lauer getting that fifth spot. All right, Nick, give it, or Noah, wrap it up with your uh, second battle. Yeah, my second battle was a battle between a lot of different people. I think it's the Reds outfield. There's um, <laughs> a lot of tiff. We've talked about oh, this before. Man. I mean, Shogo Akiyama, <laughs> Jesse Winker, Ariste Sakino, Philip Irvin, the Nick Senzo, who's apparently hurt right now, but I believe he's fine. Um, Kino is we'll, too. Got hurt on yeah. the hand. Hit on the hand today. Yeah. Well. Well. Point is, I mean, there's a lot of them, and right now on uh, roster resources, when I look up for depth charts, they have them listed as um, platooning, like two different positions. I don't think that bodes well for depth, um, so I think that we'll have to cut it down. But Philip Irvin's playing pretty well. Akino had a really good year last year. I think Akiyama will be given the opportunity to start just because he's new there. But I mean, there's just a lot of different names going on in that outfield, um, and a lot of upside too. I mean, Jesse Winker had a pretty solid year last year. He's got upside as well. And then Nick Senzel. I mean, I love Nick Senzel, mm-hmm. so hopefully he'll get an opportunity to play sometime this year. But, I mean, there's just a lot of different names for a couple spots back there. Okay, I mean, obviously Nick Castellanos is that last outfield. Yeah, he, and oh he's, he's going to get the position. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not going to lose it. I'm just saying he's, <laughs> he's, so the, he's the shoe. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, those are our position battles. Uh, something to look out for as spring training games continue here. Uh, so I have to get things up with our name game. So the name game I gave the panel was Narciso Crook. Robert said no. Nick and Noah said yes. Narciso Crook is a baseball player. Oh, wow. my Easy. Gosh. Tell me I was right. He plays for the Reds. Oh, wow. He's born just like a couple weeks after me, too. Pretty cool. Heck, yeah. Wow, that's probably why. So did you dig this up like right when we brought up Mauricio? Or <laughs> no. What here? I have my ways. I don't disclose them. He was actually <laughs> pretty good last year. He was actually pretty good last year. He had 10 home runs, 10 bags. 10-10 so. guy. Fun. Like he it. strikes out a lot. Guy. We take 10-10 yeah. guys. Dude, 102 strikeouts and 346 bats. That's all right. I can take this. It's like That's a 30% 10 bags strikeout and 10 home runs. Rate. Get 320 on base percentage. We'll get a nice little 12-12 guy. That's <laughs> all right. Nico Goodrum. basically um okay enjoy the spring training uh games this week guys just a reminder we're on all the podcast platforms apple podcast stitcher google play music wherever you get your podcasts you can find us there share with your friends we'd really appreciate it help us grow the podcast send your questions to be featured on a future show at the stitches podcast at gmail.com that's the stitches podcast at gmail.com follow us on twitter at pod and like us on facebook all right so next week guys thanks for tuning in today take care